Well, the Formula One roadshow has hit Sin City and in typical Las Vegas style, no expense has been spared. Kylie Minogue, Journey and Keith Urban, Kiwi Tinge of course, uh, performed at the official opening ceremony with a light show that would have cost more than Max Verstappen's race fee. Uh, On location in Las Vegas, Europe's Formula One editor for Speed Cafe also writes for the New York Times. It's Ian Parks. Uh, Ian, um, so nice to have you on the show, my friends. Uh, Paint a picture for us. How is the Las Vegas and Formula One experiment going very early doors? It seems to have been well received for the most part. I've just actually taken a walk along the strip and you can see there are a lot of people there already dressed in their Formula One uh, caps, T-shirts, of the like, uh, just soaking it all in, just getting ready now for finally what we've long waited for is the actual track action Mm. rather than all the hype, razzmatazz and glitter that has so far come with such an event. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. That That's always the key, right? We will get to that uh, in a tick. Um, just in terms of the strip, like, ha- has any of it shut down? Sort of paint a picture for us about what, like, what, you know, we all, we're all aware that those that have been what a normal Vegas sort of uh, afternoon looks like. I'm sure it looks very, very different. But what does the strip look like at the moment? It's busy with cars, uh, busy with cars, busy with people. It's flowing as normal. I mean, the, the just to give you some idea, the track action here, doesn't start until 8.30 p.m. local time. Not quite sure of the time difference back to you there, Brad, but I know that's uh, quite considerable. Um, And the track will eventually close, or the strip, and the the other streets that are being used will eventually close. I believe it's about two hours before the track action is due to start. But at the moment, everything's running as normal. As I say, the restaurants and shops are open, the people are milling about. Plenty of cars going about their business. It's just a normal Vegas day. You uh, wouldn't know that there was going to be uh, a race event starting in just a few hours' time. That's insane. Uh, Nevadans have been quite vocal in the displeasure of their daily lives being affected by all the construction and what have you. How important is it, given that, for Formula One, that this becomes a major financial success to sort of counteract what's been going on with, with what the local Nevadians have been sort of expressing? Yeah, I've actually spoken to a few. Uh, my Uber driver, for instance, a couple of shopkeepers. I did my due diligence uh, being a journalist and thought I'd just get the vibe just to see what they thought about it. And to be honest, yes, there has been a lot of disruption, as you can appreciate. My Uber driver in particular described it as crazy. <laughs> but I think it's one of those situations now where the locals have kind of become accustomed to the disruption. Um, it, naturally, when it started, it was infuriatingly annoying for them, um, as, you, as you can well appreciate. But as time has moved on, and you've got to think that it was only one year ago, one year ago that Formula One broke ground mm. on its uh, sizable pit and paddock building, which is the largest in F1 at present. And obviously then just shortly after that, over the last eight months, has the development work started in with, uh, with regard to the track preparations. So, yes, there has been disruption. Yes, it was annoying. But right here, right now, I think it's gone, it's passed. The event is here. It's going to be here for quite a number of years. 
And it's just a case of we need to get on with it, with our daily lives, go about our business as best as we possibly can. So in terms of that disruption, is that now self-sustained now uh, where it's going to be a lot easier in years to come for the locals, for your, your Uber driver and what have you, the disruption's not going to be as bad as it has been year one? Correct. Basically now a lot of the infrastructure is in place. So come years two and beyond, it will simply be a case of, like with Monaco, you're probably talking about eight to 12 weeks there of uh, build-up. Um, and it's going to be very similar here, I would have thought, just getting things back in place. So the heavy work is gone, let's put it that way, and things will be easier from next year onwards. I have no doubt this is going to become a bucket list uh, sort of item for a lot of sports fans um, like Monaco is. Uh, but the key is always, uh, Ian, is the, is the, on tra- is the on-track product. Uh, this is a street circuit, and we saw Red Bull struggle a little bit in Singapore. I know it was a lot hotter there. Could we see the same here? Like, I mean, we don't know until the car's at the track, but do you foresee any chance that Red Bull might struggle a little bit on the streets of Las, Las Vegas? There's always that chance, Brad, uh, because quite simply – Every single driver, every single team is going into this race weekend on a level playing field. Okay, there's going to be three hours of practice for them to get up to speed. And a lot of the drivers have turned around and said that it's actually quite a, been quite a simple track to learn in the simulator. So they're not expecting too much difficulty whilst they're out on the circuit itself. Of course, the one big difference between here and Singapore are the temperatures. Mm. With Singapore, you're looking at high 20s, heavy humidity. Here, it's not going to be as cold as was originally forecast. Initially, the the belief was we could be looking at single-digit temperatures in terms of Celsius going into the uh, various sessions across the weekend. So just to clarify for your listeners that um, second practice tonight takes place at midnight. Qualifying is at midnight and the race is at 10 p.m. all local time. So the temperatures will drop, uh, but we're probably now looking at maybe 10, 11, maybe even pushing 12 degrees. Still cold for Formula One, quite obviously. And the major trick for all the teams is going to be getting those Pirelli tyres to work. Because as we've seen over the course of any Grand Prix uh, weekend throughout any season over the past few years, if you can get the Pirelli tyres in the right window, then you can have a good event. And again, that's going to be the absolute necessity here for everybody concerned. In Formula One is a strange beast, and obviously Max Verstappen has dominated this year and probably dominated like no other. And the, the thing with F1 is I always find it strange that on any particular year there's always a dominant car. And, and the two exceptions to that in the last decade have been the season that Nico Rosberg won and the season that Max Verstappen won his first championship. Incidentally, they were the two best Formula One seasons of the last sort of 15 years. How, how hard is it for, for these teams to, to, to compete on such a level playing field? We're always just getting a dominant car, be it the Mercedes or, or be it the Red Bull in recent years. You've got to remember Nico Rosberg was in a Mercedes. He was. And Mercedes yes. was the dominant team <laughs> of that particular season. So, But I got your point. There was actually an intra-team rivalry going on there, whereas, of course, 2021, just the most fabulous season. And right now, the rate things are going, we're almost starting to look forward with relish to 2026, which is when the new, uh, when the new engine regulations uh, kick in. We know we've got Audi coming on board. Uh, we've got uh, Red Bull powertrains developing their own 
power unit for the first time in its history, how will that go? So for the next two seasons, and I'm sad to say this, if we start next season the way we started the last two, then it's hard to see how a team will break Red Bull's stranglehold because those teams then will start to focus more heavily on 2026 and getting the cars right, the aerodynamics right around the new power unit that will be powering those cars. Having said that, though, really encouraging, Ian, on a performance standpoint, the improvement that McLaren has made from day one of the championship to now the penultimate round where, where they're literally just sort of half a second at, at the most off of, of, well, not even that, of what Max and Red Bull are doing. That's been one of the success stories of the season. Um, just fabulous what they have achieved if you consider where they were at the start of the year. Going into it, they admitted that they were behind in their development. So at least they were honest and upfront with what was going on at that particular time. And it was always going to be a case of how long are they going to have to put up with that before they eventually get right, uh, get things right on track. And if you re- look back on this season, they introduced that first upgrade package mm. in Austria. Only on Lando Norris's car, Oscar Piastri had to wait until the following Grand Prix at Silverstone. But once it was on both cars, it performed superbly. The second upgrade package on top of that that was delivered in Singapore added to that. And they are now going into the end of this season, looking forward to the start of next season, potentially being the team that could challenge Red Bull over these next two seasons before those new power unit regulations kick in in 2026, as I mentioned. But if they can continue this upward trend, fingers crossed for any neutral F1 fan, I'm sure it's what you really want to see they can continue this upward trend, then we could be in for a potentially good 2025. Let's hope so. Yeah, Lando versus Max. Is, uh, Lando 2024, versus... I meant. Yes. Oh, yeah, 2024, I meant there, mate, not 2025. <laughs> Apologies. Lando versus Max is mouth-watering. Uh, Ian Parks with us, uh, Europe F1 editor for Speed Cafe, also writes for the New York Times. couple questions, in to wrap, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, is three Grand Prix in the US too many in a 23-race season, Miami, Austin, and now Las Vegas? We're going to be 24 Grand Prix next season. So you've got to think that across a continent, across a country, sorry, so widely spread, and given the positioning of each Grand Prix as well, that it's actually not uh, not too bad from my perspective. You've got to think, okay, Miami's early in the season, which is fine. And then you've got Austin and here Las Vegas, which aren't too far apart in terms of the number of weeks on the calendar. But in terms of the distance that they are apart, Mm. it's no worse than one European race being close to another. Belgium to Italy, Belgium to Holland, even closer than that, those two, those few countries. So at the present moment, I think three is about right. And from everything I understand, there are no plans to go beyond that and have a fourth, even though the calendar is expanding yet again next year. Crazy. Can we expect any Alva suits from pit crews, you know, I've seen a lot of the cool helmets that have been revealed from some of the drivers, but I was just sort of wondering, you know, like, will we get any Alva suits from from like Mercedes or, or Red Bull or someone to play along with the Vegas theme, Ian? You certainly won't see Max Verstappen wearing one, that's for sure, because <laughs> he's, he's already made quite clear, as I'm sure if you've read his comments over the past 24 hours following the opening ceremony, he does not like this city. He does not like this event already. He just wants to get in that car, get his helmet down, 
uh, get the lid on his helmet down and just go racing. Um, some of the other drivers have done their best to embrace it. Daniel Ricciardo, as we know, is a big fan of the United States. Maybe he could be the one guy that you might just see turn up wearing an Alvaro suit. Plenty of fake Alvises around the paddock, that's for sure. So they've they've unsurprisingly made an appearance. Um, so maybe it would be nice, wouldn't it, if just one of the drivers just played a part, but hard to see, with the exception of Daniel, anybody doing that. And, and final one from me, it'd be remiss of me not to ask you about your opinion of what Liam Lawson, um, who we're very, very proud of over here, uh, we have been for, for several years since he was a 14-year-old um, and recognised his talent, but as a, as a sort of unbiased uh, observation from yourself, your thoughts on what Liam accomplished this season and what the next two years might look like for him? Yeah, I promise you, unbiased, even though I'm speaking on a New Zealand radio station, that's absolutely no problem. I was very impressed. Very, very impressed. That first weekend when he came in uh, as reserve for Daniel after Daniel had broken his hand, you think of the conditions over the course of that weekend. They were really tricky at Zandvoort. And Zandvoort's not an easy track to master as well. I just thought from that moment on, once he got through that weekend, came through it clean, came through it with confidence, as I say, given the conditions that he had to perform under. And he just went from strength to strength over those next few races. And quite rightly, it, as we have all read and all heard, it looks like he's going to be in the cockpit for 25 at least, um, all being well. That's, you know, that's the word out of Red Bull. That's the word from Helmut Marko, seemingly out of AlphaTauri. Uh, sorry, out of AlphaTauri as well. Um, Franz Post there saying that he feels Liam is ready. He's just got to bide his time, one more season on the sidelines, and then hopefully there'll be three Antipodeans in Formula One in 2025. We can only hope, and I'll be heading up my boss for the junket to Vegas if Liam is in Vegas in a couple of years' time. Uh, Ian, it's been a pleasure talking to you, man. Love talking motorsport. Uh, and, and look, enjoy the weekend. I hope you packed a little bit of, uh, bit of extra spending cash, as they say, and, and enjoy enjoy the weekend. Yeah, thank you. This place is ludicrously expensive, I can tell you. Thank you ever so much for having me on, Brad. I appreciate it.